Hello and welcome to episode number 54 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, the podcast covering Heart of Midlothian, the side who are currently unbeaten in the Scottish Cinch Premiership and are joint top of the league with their future derby rivals. I am, as ever, Daniel, one of your hosts, and I am joined by Mr Adam Kennedy, as usual. Adam, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Daniel. Yes, it's amazing how Hearts' form coincides with your mood, isn't it? So there we are, riding high, tied top of the league, like you say, yet to lose. And yeah, I'm just in a great mood as a result. How are you, mate? I'm very much the same. Uh, For people who kind of keep up to date with us quite regularly, you're not just a new listener, you will be thinking, there wasn't a podcast last week. What happened? Well, we are currently recording this on Thursday, the 2nd of September. Of course, we normally upload on a Tuesday. There wasn't one this week. Adam, would you care to explain what happened on our Monday night recording session? Okay, so on the day of recording, exactly a week beforehand, what would that have been, the 26th of August, I moved down to air as I'm going to be studying at the University of the West of Scotland. So I've moved into halls and whatnot. The Wi-Fi isn't great. We tried to record. Lo and behold, it was an absolute shambles. Um, and yeah, I, obviously, I don't want to slate the NHS here, but they were adamant that I had to have my vaccine in the local constituency that I had my first. So I've had my second dose today. Thus, I thought now would be the perfect time whilst I'm up the road can get back to my granddad's where I usually record and uh, lo and behold here we are to, to capture this episode for you all so it is entirely my fault I do apologise um, and hopefully we can make up for it uh, in this episode so the other aspect of that is that as I say we're recording this on Thursday the 2nd this isn't going up until the Tuesday that we normally record so there will be roughly a 3 or 4 day gap where we are using the logic that the transfer window's shut and there's no club football, so surely there is no news that's going to be happening. However, if Craig Gordon gets hurt in the Saturday game or we do make any free agent signings in that time and you think, well, the podcast is out on Tuesday, why haven't they spoken about it because it happened on Saturday? That's why. But I hope and I'm sure you will all understand and we appreciate how supportive everybody was because I'll I'll be honest I was expecting folks to just jump on us and go right fuck you guys but they were they were all lovely weren't they the vast majority were yeah I think there were a couple that realised <laughs> that I had I, let the side down um, and decided to, to verbally attack me on Twitter but hey ho it, it happens um, I'm also amazed that you didn't touch on the possibility that Ben Woodburn might get injured obviously now obviously in, oh, the, God, uh, yeah. in the Wales squad and came on the other night, I think, for the final 15 minutes or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's also the chance that he could uh, he could be injured before his Hearts careers basically began. <laughs> um, so nothing would surprise me with this football club. We're, we're a soap opera. But, of course, as loyal listeners, you'll be fully aware of that. That's why you're here. That's why we're here to talk about the beloved Heart Midlothian Football Club. Exactly. But before we do speak about our beloved hearts, we will be doing our Around the Grounds feature where we're just going to kind of run through all the scores that happened alongside our game at the weekend and have a wee discussion on how we thought they went and how it affects us. So, alongside our 2-0 victory away at Tannadice on Saturday, Hibs also had a 2-0 victory, this time at home to Livingston, despite there being... A lot of problems during that game in terms of injuries and really quite scary stuff in regards to Livingston's forward. Motherwell kind of continued their 
turn of form as they beat Dundee 1-0 also at home and then we move on to Sunday where St Mirren and St Johnston gave us a lovely 0-0 draw Aberdeen surprisingly dropped points against Ross County in a 1-0 draw that they actually had to salvage right at the end and of course the old firm at the weekend Rangers managed to get the first victory of the season in a 1-0 victory what did you think of the weekend in the Scottish Cinch Premiership Adam? Um, the Saturday games I had Hibs 2-0 so that was as standard, lovely goal from Martin Boyle. Um, bit annoyed to see Kevin Nisbet also back in the goals. Um, Motherwell, yeah, gained revenge on Dundee for their Premier Sports Cup exit. Um, Tony Watt is absolutely flying, by the way, yeah. um, and is somebody that I really wish would have kicked on at Hearts, but obviously didn't mm. for whatever reason. Um, St. Mary's St. Johnston, you, I'm delighted you mentioned it there. Totally forgot that game was on, because obviously, like you say, it was a nil-nil draw, absolute stinker. Um, the old firm I spoke about that on Talk Scottish Football along with giving you know my brief thoughts with regards to, to our victory um, and what was the other game? Aberdeen-Ross County um, delighted to see Aberdeen drop points but due to their second half performance I think the goal had been coming so yeah I'm pleased that they've dropped points but obviously disappointed that like you say Christian Ramirez had, has bailed them out within what the last two minutes yeah um, pretty much agree with you the the big standouts for me were both Motherwell and St Johnston Motherwell just in terms of how they seem to be on this good upturn of form uh, most of it seems to be coming through Tony Watt um, so really fair play to them and then on the flip side St Johnston just seem to be in free fall almost they kind of can't buy a win very similar as you raised last week very similar to their start last season where they started off really slowly and then kicked on but it'll be interesting to see if they do manage to kick on uh, which we will speak about later due to their transfer business that has been very interesting to say the least um, but yeah quite an average week in terms of excitement there was never really any games that were huge it was either quite routine wins or just board draws However, pretty underwhelming I think and I think that was always going to be the case because last week I read something like the fact that there was 22 goals within the six Scottish yeah. Premiership matches. So <laughs> I know that Scottish football is, you know, fantastic and brilliant in every aspect. But to follow up on the entertainment scale two weeks on the trot, I think would have been a, a big task. Let's just put it that way. 100%. However, Hearts surprisingly kept up the entertainment scale away from home as Robin Nielsen returned to Tanadice alongside John Souter and Gary Mackay Stephen as Hearts tried to make it two away wins on the bounce for the first time I mean in the premiership in god knows how long I genuinely don't know it's been fucking ages but they did so with a team that was identical to the team that started against Aberdeen barring Josh Janelli dropping out for the debuting Ben Woodburn when you saw the side what did you think about it were you surprised that Woodburn featured so quickly were you surprised they replaced him for Gino or were you thinking Nope, that's fantastic. Um, I, I, w I was a bit surprised to see him start. Yeah, I, I was sort of expecting a kind of second-half cameo, to be honest, whether it be for, I don't know, half an hour or whatnot. Um, I don't know whether that's, you know, part of the loan agreement with Liverpool that he must play, you know, however many games for however long. Um, but I thought he'd make kind of a cameo just like Taylor Moore did. 
Um, surprised to see Josh Denelli dropped. Not really, to be honest. I, I, I didn't feel as though he was all that effective against Aberdeen. Um, and that's not just singling out Gino. I thought, on the whole, we were pretty poor against Aberdeen. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe would have expected us to go with kind of the similar team to sort of make up for last week's poor showing against the Dons. Um, but, yeah... The, I think the majority of Hearts' team picks itself at present. And I know that obviously we'll have or have had additions to counter that and push for places, which is great. But if you were to ask any Jambo, you know, what do you think the starting eleven is going to be? I think most of us could reel it off and get it pretty much bang on. 100%. Uh, and I agree. I think I was a wee bit surprised to see Gino drop out in regards to I thought GMS had a much worse game than him, and as they're uh, against Aberdeen, and as they're very comparable players, I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe GMS will drop out. But I agree with the fact that I didn't think Woodburn would start. I was thinking it would be Gino and GMS, and then Woodburn would come on for maybe 25 minutes. However, we have had confirmation after this game that Robbie has said none of the three wingers will be playing 90 minutes this season because of the style of football and the way that we play, he can't expect his wingers to be playing the full 90 because they're expected to sprint all the way up and hit the byline and put crosses across, but also act as almost defensive wing-backs alongside the actual wing-back and track all the way back. So basically running 100 yards constantly, he just says they can't be expected to do that. So Woodburn, Gino and GMS, I imagine, will be in a rotation. And then whoever it is that isn't replaced by the other one will be brought off for Nandwili and we go two up top slash Boyce in behind Nandwili. I think that's a good system. I think it allows us to have options off the bench. And I think that was the biggest positive. Because, of course, against Aberdeen, we didn't even have a full bench. And that bench was made up by youngsters who Robbie himself said had no chance of getting on. However, in comparison... The bench that we had against Dundee United was Walker, McInef, Stewart, Moore, Nandwale, Janelli, Pollock. That is areas in every single position. So if there's any problems with injuries and stuff like that, we have cover. And it's players who can come off the bench and actually make an impact, just like two of them did in this game. Definitely. That's that's the big thing for me, I think, with these arrivals kind of forthcoming. Like you say, I think Ben Woodburn in particular gives us that bit of flexibility within the final third now. I think we've got the option to change system. You know, if the first defeat comes with this 3-4-3, Robbie may well rightly feel inclined to change things. And I think Ben Woodburn, as an addition, gives us the flexibility to do that, whether he's, you know, the kind of centre of the trio supporting the lone striker and Liam Boyce or whoever. Um, And even then, you know, Gino doesn't get handed to start, but comes off the bench, runs at fresh legs because he's got or runs with his fresh legs, I should say, um, got that pace to run at a tired defence and squares for Big Nando to come off the bench again, making an impact. So, yeah, it seems as though we've got genuine options now and that's what the squad has been crying out for. You know, even at the start of the season, we said it, kind of the first is great, but you look toward that substitute bench and you're thinking, are youngsters going to get a chance? You know, I don't want to disrespect any young player at hearts coming through, but is that why Finlay Pollock got his chance, for instance, because we didn't have, you know, numerous other midfield additions? Um, I'll be very intrigued to see what happens with regards to the loan window. I, I 
don't know whether this is right, so somebody may well have to correct me on this. Does it go until the end of September? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so we could well see a couple movements with our teenagers heading out to your lower league clubs. Um, and it seems as though it's going to benefit all parties. So I, I'm all for it. I'm literally delighted with how the squad is looking at present. Um, and I know that we'll come on to our transfer activity later on, perhaps only one or two bodies away, as opposed to, you know, five or six, which is great news. 100%. So I think a lot of Hearts fans were confident in regards to the team, but were wary because it's us away from home. And Dundee United, obviously, as we spoke about last week, seem to be very hot or cold. If you get them on an off day, they're awful. But if you get them on a day where they can play, they can cause you problems, of course. Their previous home game was defeating unbeaten Rangers, so there was problems for us. However, the game very much turned out to be them on a cold day. Um, in that first half especially, it's some of the best stuff I've seen us play just period in years. We kept the ball, but not in the way that we often did last season where it was just we're having the ball and not doing a lot with it. We were constantly playing it out to Smith and Halliday who were then hitting the byline. Smith was also doing his Philip Lamb-esque cutting in and playing centre mid. Woodburn looked really busy, constantly trying to get the ball back. GMS was alright, he didn't have a great game but was okay. Herring and Benny in the middle of the park just absolutely dominated, just controlled the entire thing. And we looked incredibly comfortable. I saw a stat that at the end of the first half, we had 79.5% possession. That's away from home wow. as well. Um, how did you feel that first half went? And did it live up to your expectations? Did you expect us to be that good? No, it certainly exceeded my expectations. Um, I didn't realise that the possession stat was as high as that. Seriously. When was the last time Hearts yeah. had near enough 80% possession in the first half away from home. Like you say, yeah, that must be our best away performance in years. Yeah. Um, I, I really I don't know what to say. It, it vastly exceeded my expectations. I'm just absolutely delighted with how we carried it out um, and probably got what we deserved eventually with taking the lead just before half time. Um, but like you say, could have scored, you know, a fair few beforehand, um, which is fantastic. I think if we can afford to miss chances and still go on to win the game, that speaks volumes about the performance. The worry is if we didn't pick up results and we're not, not creating a single thing, because then we're instantly on a downer for the next match, could lead to, you know, momentum's everything. And it seems like we're on a genuinely decent winning run, churning out these victories and... I know that we'll talk about the second half shortly. There was a spell that United had where they had a couple opportunities, um, perhaps us inviting pressure again, but ultimately we've got it right with the substitutions because they've sealed the deal. So ecstatic, genuinely could not believe it. I was buzzing. Um, and there was numerous of my pals that were up with Pennycook Hearts. Obviously that was my first weekend uh, down south. So I didn't get the chance to go up. So I had severe FOMO. However, I was watching Soccer Saturday, um, albeit, you know, jumping through Soccer Saturday um, and was seeing the scores come through on the video printer. So I was delighted. Um, and hopefully it'll stand us in good stead for a couple tricky tests to, tricky tests to come. Excuse me. Easy for you to say. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> as you say, we did take the weed, but before that, Peter Hiring in particular had two big chances. Uh, one ball was swung in by John Souter 
and he's about four yards out and somehow misses it and does that face of a player who goes, nah, I can't, that didn't actually happen. Like, I clearly just didn't get that chance because I can't have actually missed that. He does look so in genuine was... disbelief. I think once I saw the highlights come through on sports scene, I was in disbelief. <laughs> Honestly, what an absolute sitter. And I know that I was ridiculing Big Pete for his performance against Aberdeen. I thought he was excellent um, up at yes. Tanadice. So, again, that's testament to him. I think we need to keep doing this because we were ridiculing Craig Halkett for his Parkhead performance. Then he was excellent. Now it's Big Pete. I'm trying to think, was there anybody that was particularly poor against United? GMS wasn't brilliant. GMS wasn't amazing. He won the penalty, but he didn't do a lot. Right, okay. So, and listen, Gary Mackay-Stevens got an excellent record against Hibs with his goal scoring (gasps) and assists. So, Gary... (laughs) Pay attention, son. Sort it out, son. (laughs) Uh, John Suter himself, uh, just before playing that ball in, went really close way. I... A corner that summed up Hearts fans because we play it out to the edge of the box and you hear the boos from the <laughs> away end. It gets played right in the back post and Halkett nods it down and it's clearly a set-piece tactic. And if it's anybody else except John Suter, we'd probably go 1-0 up. But he does end up ballooning it over the bar, unfortunately. <laughs> Even a footballer of John Suter's capability should score. I don't care that he's a centre-half or whatnot. It's an absolute sitter. And I think if I was at the game, having seen Soapy miss that chance, Big Pete miss his header, I'd instantly be thinking, we're not going to score. We're like, we, could, we could be playing until next week and we're still not going to score here. Um, well, but well, late, obviously, later that, did. that didn't prove the case, which is excellent. We did. Um, obviously, we'll get to the goal in a second, but GMS gets put... It's literally a carbon copy of the Aberdeen game. Andy Halliday plays a ball through to GMS... It's kind of, it bobbles a wee bit and goes up in the air and then Gary manages to kind of trap it and turn. He goes down for the penalty before we speak about the goal. Do you think it was a penalty? It was quite controversial in sports scene and on Twitter, but what do you think? I, th- I, th- I think there's enough, yeah. I mm-hmm. I don't think it's as much of a a cert as the Aberdeen one is. Um, mm-hmm. But like, like I discussed um, elsewhere, it's a really weird challenge. I don't know what Ryan Edwards actually does in order for the contact to ensue. It looks as though he kind of almost shoulders Gary Mackay, Stephen. It's it's really weird. Um, but then you do see that he gets clipped and it, I think rightfully is given the spot kick as a result. I, it, it's a controversial one, but I think it is. I agree. Uh, as you say, it is weird. Like Even when you watch it back a couple of times, you're kind of like, what actually happened? But... He kind of shoulders him, his arm hooks his right ankle and it's enough contact for me. Liam Boy steps up who seems to be getting a penalty almost every single game recently. Um, his best friend is opposite him in Trevor Carson as I messaged Liam Boyce Didn't laughing at him for missing and he said that he was expecting it to be a problem because Carson had told him beforehand he was mm. going to save a penalty from him. Um, and Trevor Carson does save a penalty from him William Boyce goes to the left and the Dundee United fans immediately celebrate however it hits off Carson's kind of mid-drift and lands perfectly on Boyce's feet who just taps it in and shushes the crowd and you hear the Hearts fans go ballistic that is Liam Boyce now in his last 19 games in the Scottish Premiership scored contributed to 18 goals 
with 14 uh, goals and five, uh, four assists. He's just been unstoppable for us. That is a ridiculous stat, can I just say. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't aware that it was as decent as that. Um, again, like you say, I, I don't actually think it's that bad a penalty. I think it's a really good yeah. save from Trevor Carson. Yeah. It's just unfortunate in that the one place that he shouldn't and couldn't parry, he does. And lo and behold, yeah. there's boys to, to stab at home. Um, but deservedly in front, I think that reassured a lot of us. Um, so, yeah. And then lo and behold, the second half... <laughs> I think whilst we did invite pressure to an extent, I th- it wasn't as perhaps worrying as it has been in previous encounters. I think, I don't know whether that's p- just because United aren't of the same standard as Celtic, Aberdeen, whoever. Um, and obviously they've lost kind of Lauren Shankland, they're relying on, you know, your Nicky Clarks, Mark McNulty's. I, I was personally pleased to see that Peter Pollitt had obviously been suspended yeah. for his red card at McDermott because I think he's always a threat um, and I'd actually tipped the boy Mockery to start so I was pretty pleased with that um, but yeah the absence of a couple key players I think United need to be kind of fully fit and firing for our concerns to arise and thankfully that wasn't the case despite that spell that I'd previously alluded to yeah 100% so First half ends and then second half kind of continues in the same vein up until around the 60th minute and Ben Woodburn uh, gets a wee knock. However, as I said, Robbie was expected to take him off anyway. How did you feel he did in his debut? I thought he was decent enough. Yeah, we've seen, you know, glimpses. This is the thing that I hate. I hate, you know, folk that will slew somebody with firstly without making an appearance secondly once they've played you know one two a handful of games you know these additions and arrivals take time he's probably never played in a 3-4-3 before I don't keep up to date with you know the Liverpool Academy but I know that the first team obviously don't play that system so you're asking him to play in a new system with new teammates under a new gaffer in a new country you know I think we just need to take our time and we, we've we built him up to such a standard that with his pedigree it looks as though it's going to be a great capture for us. If it takes time to get the best out of him then so be it. But from what we have seen we've seen glimpses and we've seen flashes and it bodes really well for our future fixtures in my opinion. Yeah and on top of like that is a very fair point people do need to let these new guys bed in. But as you said, he actually did have quite a decent debut. It wasn't that he was like awful. He was no. just, as I said earlier, he was, he just constantly seemed energised. He was constantly shutting it down. There was a point in the first half where Dun United had it on the far, like the near side, and they had some nice couple of wee passes, and Smith was getting doubled up on, and Woodburn just came out of absolutely nowhere, steamrolled in, won the ball, and then set us off for another attack again. That's all you want at this stage. And I was going to say that's a surprise given his lack of match action as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've mentioned about four or five factors there. He's also hardly played and hardly featured for Liverpool whatsoever. So if he can contribute in that sense, in an athletic sense as well as, you know, being capable on the park, then that's fantastic. And like I say, I'm really encouraged. I know that there'll be some that will be, you know, disappointed that he's not bagged an assist or scored a goal on his yeah. debut but in terms of you know an hour's work 
I don't think it's too bad. Absolutely. Um, him coming off kind of coincided with this Aberdeen. Eh, Aberdeen. I'm losing it. I I'm just absolutely <laughs> losing my mind. Dundee United pressure. And it kind of created this conversation on Twitter that has divided a lot of people because Craig Gordon was finally called into action. Uh, there's one from the corner where he does very well to punch it over the bar. Uh, then another one. I that was a great save, can I say? I think it was from the Ryan yeah. Edwards header, was it? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was, and right. he's he's arriving at a lot of pace. You know, we've seen it in elsewhere in Scottish Premiership matches at the weekend. You know, the Rangers goal. There's big Philip Talander yeah. arriving at pace, and he does enough to nod beyond Joe Hart. So I thought that was a great save. But sorry. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then it, he adds to that with another save where he kind of pushes it outwards before Smith clears it then the save that everybody's been talking about is from the Charlie Mulgrew free kick where he kind of takes a step across and then manages to push it past his post and then there was another one as well I I won't say what I think before I ask you do you think we won that game because of Craig Gordon probably probably yeah Um. I think their their saves of a great standard for any other goalkeeper, but you know we've waxed lyrical about Craig Gordon and ran out of superlatives, rightly so. Um, that these are you know just standard saves to him. The Edwards one was fantastic. Also impressed with the one from Callum Butcher. I think where he mm-hmm. he evades his marker and looks to kind of bend one in into the far post. Um, thought that was a good save. The Charlie Mulgrew one, again, you know it's. It's probably the main one, and even then, a goalkeeper of Craig Gordon's calibre, just bog standard. Um, so yeah, probably. I think it's no real coincidence that now we've equalled our away win tally the last time that we were in the Premiership with two, albeit from our first two matches as opposed to you know the 15 that it took us uh, in the previous regime, let's just say. Um and, you know, how many times that season did we ridicule the fact that we had three inept goalkeepers and yet we've got Scotland's number one between the sticks who hasn't had a lot to do for, you know, the vast majority of the match, potentially an hour, longer than that, pulls out three worldly saves. And how many times have you seen it? If you don't take your chances, you'll get punished. And lo and behold, it's nice that we've actually gone and done that to somebody else rather than <laughs> it being the other way about. So I I get that point, but I think a lot of people are giving too much credit to Gordon in terms of the result. I think if Gordon concedes any of them except the header, which I can understand, I think that header is the best save. I think because of just as you say the pace and the just the power on the ball, it's a fantastic save. And how close range it is in comparison to the other two. 100%. If he'd conceded any of the other ones, I'd have been really disappointed. See the Charlie Mulgrew one? He, just as Mulgrew hits it, he takes a step to his left, which means that, obviously, Mulgrew's hitting it towards his right. So he takes a step to his left. I think if he doesn't take that step to his left, he's catching that. Because it's it's exactly where he was before he took the step to to his left. I get that, but then folk build up Charlie Mulgrew as though he's some kind of, you know, set-piece specialist. And I think he's bagged maybe one or two for United already this season. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fair point. 
But I, I, all I, I mean I, is by I, that, I, is I, get, because... I get where you're coming from. I think the header, I'd probably be more disappointed at perhaps a lack of marking or awareness to kind of yeah. allow allow mm-hmm. the run into the box. Um, I I get what you mean. It's probably down to our offensive options, really, that we've snatched the win. But equally, I mean that Gordon's going to make those saves. Yes, 100%. I just think there's an element of Hearts fans, which I fully understand and do not deride them at all, is that now that we just have a goalkeeper who saves shots, they're like, it's the best thing in the world! Because we're so not used to it. But Shows how the standards have fallen at this club. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, Craig Gordon is exceptional. Like, even... If we had a good goalkeeper previously, Gordon would be an upgrade on them because yeah, Gordon yeah. is an is an elite goalkeeper. However, because of what we had before, I think we are so reliant or used to sorry goalkeepers being the reason we won or lost games in the last few years, most notably lost games. <laughs> I was about to say you'd be scratching the barrel for wins, mate. Yeah. That Hearts fans are now convinced that goalkeepers are the reason we are winning or losing games. And of course, as you said, if Craig Gordon isn't in goals, we probably concede more. You need a goalie. But at the same time, it's like, I'm, I've went through this whole five minutes without trying to say it, but I have to say it. I'm going to go full Roy Keane here. It is his job to save it. <laughs> like, that is what he's there to do. And I, like I said on Twitter, Craig Gordon is arguably my favourite Hearts player ever, right? Because we are the perfect age yeah. to have got yeah, on he's, where... he's up there. Can, yeah. can I just say, you're rightly saying that. I'm firstly disappointed that I just said scratching the barrel will blame the vaccine because it's scraping the barrel. <laughs> Second of all... <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that! You could have got away with Oh that. no, I've got to pick up on my mistakes. I, w- I want this to be, you know, a career. We're setting standards here. This is this is the whole scratching point. Scratching the barrel. I know. That's a shocker, isn't it? Scraping the barrel. Um, I saw Aaron Fraser's tweet and it still mm. absolutely blows my mind that prior to what, a few seasons ago, he'd have only known Craig Gordon as an opposition goalkeeper. So it is, you know, mental that you... I think you're right. We probably were kind of just on the cusp because we were, what, eight, nine when when Craig Gordon left to Sunderland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just... Oh, it's just so reassuring to have him back, isn't it? And I think you're right, though. I think... We've been so used to a draw standard of goalkeepers that whilst we would have taken anything, I, th- I don't think we've actually realised how lucky we are to have Craig Gordon at the club. Yeah, 100%. And of course, after he makes all those saves, we do manage to seal it right at the death. The two substitutes combined. Josh Nelly, who I actually thought came on and did really, really well. He just seemed really attacking. And he is one of those players that he's just going to run. Well, he's one of those wingers that just runs at people, tries to take them on, and then cut in and do something. Uh, uh, you seem like you disagree. No, the, uh, I, I was going to say, I, I think because he's running at tired legs, and this Hearts team, it has feels with regards to kind of 11-12, which was one of my favourite Hearts teams, in that, you know, there's a plethora of wide players available at the club that we can use. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be too that are nailed down to start every week because we've got another couple that could come off the bench and deliver. I think back then it was Andy Driver and Suzo Santana predominantly, but David Templeton was one of my favourite Hearts players. Mm-hmm. 
And it's great that we've got this luxury now in the final third that we can switch it up. We've got, you know, it doesn't even have to be a like-for-like like change because, like I say, Woodburn could fill in the hole. It's just so reassuring, and it's what we've been crying out for for ages. You know, how many how many times have we ridiculed Hearts for not having one wide player at the club? Now we've got three, potentially a fourth arriving, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, we're getting results as a result. It's not rocket science in that we never had really a complete squad up until this point. You could argue that we're getting there. I don't think we're the finished article, by no means. I still think we're a couple bodies short and a couple injuries away from disaster. I'm not going to kid on and just, you know, act like that's not the case. But it's it's healthier now for, you know, it's the healthiest that it's been, rather, for a long time. And yeah, that was 100%. highlighted at the weekend for me. Definitely. So Gino wins the ball back on the far side, drives forward and very unselfishly plays it across to Nandway, who just has to pass it past Trevor Carson, who does manage to it's get a, a lovely touch. goal. It's a great goal. It's a fantastic goal. And the first thing he does, uh, Robert Borthwick actually pointed this out on the Terrace podcast, that I didn't notice it at the time because I was just like, yes, that's it. Points are done. Nandwilly runs to the away end to celebrate with everybody and the entire... He does that and the entire team swarm him. Like, boy skits like the usual, like, immediate players who are around him going, yeah, fantastic. And then he kind of walks past and high-fiving everybody. Everybody swarms Nandwilly. Listen, we've kind of deliberately avoided talking about all the off-field stuff in regards to him because there is yes exactly there is no legitimacy to them currently and I think a lot of people have used these rumours to kind of embellish their already preconceptions of him that they don't like him I love Armand Nandoli in his heart's career so far he's played 19 games and got 11 goal contributions from the bench that's fantastic Um, but it's clear that the squad love him as well and that the squad want him to do well and I'd, I'm, I was just so delighted for him that he's managed to get off the mark this early. Yeah, I'm pleased for him as well. Um, I think, you know, everybody's building up Liam Boyce, and quite rightly so. So I think mm-hmm. for Armand Nandwili as his main competitor in that position, it can't be easy. And whilst chances may be limited, he's got to grab them while he can. And, you know, ultimately he has here with a great finish. And... We've, we've touched on these rumours. I think a lot of that came from, you know, I don't know whether it's solely a kickback rumour and then people have seen that he, he's removed, you know, all association with hearts on Instagram and whatnot. That was also the talk, wasn't it? So, yeah, it seemed apparent from the celebrations and the fact that he looked delighted to be off the mark this season um, that he's happy to stay and fight for his place. And as a fan... That's fantastic to hear because it'd be easy for him to look for a move even so early on. Um, You know, there was the talk of, I think, even Sunderland when the Roker Report boys had interviewed me and whatnot, they were talking about Sunderland potentially as an interest, various other clubs down south, a a return to Blackpool even. Um, So if he's willing to stay and fight for his place, then, then good on him. It would have been easy to go the other way and I'm delighted that he's managed to bag himself a goal and you know now he's working he's or he's beginning to 
cause Robbie to have something of a selection headache, I think. Mm-hmm. I still think Liam Boyce is the main man. Yeah. And ultimately that's another goal at the weekend that's that's arrived. Um but he gives us something different. I I like Nandwili, I do, and I was very critical of Hearts not having a target man about midway through the championship season. He's then came in, bagged a couple, his record like you say is excellent. I know that some of them have been championship matches, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Um yeah. and yeah, a, a point to prove. Seems hungry. Seems like he wants to stay, so good on the big man. 100%. And then that did bring an end to a very, very comfortable 2-0 victory away at Tannadice, which meant that currently, four games in, it is Edinburgh's title to lose as Hearts and Hibs are currently the only two sides unbeaten in the league. Of course, we'll finish the episode speaking about Hibs and what that means, but we made it very clear at the start of the season that we had different views of how we thought the start was going to go. I was quite optimistic, going, yes, it's hard. It's one of the hardest oh. possible fields. However, <laughs> I think we'll do quite well. Now, you said you would be delighted if in the opening five games we got seven points. Now, of course, <laughs> we haven't finished the five games yet. But with the international break being here and... With how we've started the season, we wanted to just spend a couple of minutes speaking about the start of the season. How have you felt it's been, especially considering what you expected or perhaps feared it would be? I'm buzzing, mate. I really am so, so pleased. Um, and I was discussing this with my Celtic supporting pal Ryan on Talk Scottish Football, actually. He had said to me that was not a start to the season that I expected. And I said... I want to be as positive as I can about Hearts, but I certainly didn't. Um, and you know what? Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, I got it wrong. And it takes a big man to do so. So, I, I did get it wrong with regards to the opening five. My concern is trying to maintain it. Of course, because that's going to be, you know, nigh on impossible. You can't even just be positive. No. Yes, we're doing good now, but we might be shit in the future. But what I was going to say is that Robbie Nielsen has has proved me wrong so far. And I'll be ecstatic if he can continue to do so for the remainder of the season. With regards to the opening four that we've had, I think you'd have been on crack if you'd have suggested that we'd get 10 points. And added to that, we even touched on it kind of last week. The Aberdeen game's been the only real disappointment. And that's not the match that I would have thought that we'd have dropped points in. So it's funny how hearts work. I mean, I thought that with 20 years experience, (laughs) I'd have an idea. But if there's any football club that could continue to make me look like an absolute numpty and occasionally look like a genius... It is Hart Midlothian FC without a shadow of a doubt. When have Hart ever made you look like a genius? Oh, plenty of times. Look at last season. We've even just briefly touched on it there. I mean, I, I said we needed a target man. Hart's going to sign a target That's man. That's not the same I, thing I, as I, being I, a genius. I said that Hart should go in for Stuart Finlay. Lo and behold, we tried to go in for Stuart Finlay. If, if they want to come... I mean, I think I've even touched on Barry Mackay previously on Twitter. I'll gladly dig up the tweets. 
Um, no, so it's that doesn't make that him look like a genius. <laughs> That's not the same thing as looking like a genius. Andy Halliday, Gary Mackay, Stephen, you're all oh, welcome. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Yeah, being a genius is bringing Andy Halliday to this fucking club. I, listen, Andy Halliday will prove you wrong. I'm sure of it. And I'm also I'm sure... I said about Gary Mackay, Stephen, <laughs> he's not been our player of the year. <laughs> However, he, he's coming to a game, and don't say that he hasn't, because you you were willing to go back on your word about Gary Mackay. All Stephen. I'm, all I'm was right. <laughs> you couldn't have picked a worse time, as he's probably had his two worst no. games <laughs> since he's uptick in form. But even the Celtic opener, <laughs> that was the week after the player of the year kind of predictions and whatnot. He scored the opener on eight minutes. I was like, oh my god, I'm on to something. Here. It's happening. It's happening, <laughs> lads. Um, no coincidence. He's been off the boil ever since. Exactly. Obviously, as I said, and if you go back and listen, I I looked at our opening five and went, I think we'll do well here. Was it perhaps optimism? Probably, yeah. Naive, <laughs> but it's, evidently it's not naive because no, we've no, done it. No, no, that's true. I suppose. What, what I did you predict as a points tally? Out of interest, can you remember? I, I said ten out the five. I, out the five. Uh, it's not, yeah. Just so, just got to hope that we batter hips. Like I say, had either of us predicted thirteen points from the opening five fixtures, Lord knows what yeah. would have happened. Even I'm not that optimistic. Um, and of course, the performances have been helped by signings that weren't here yet. No, like of, course, that, of course. That's a big aspect of it. But no Hearts fan really can be complaining generally. Obviously, you can have complaints about individual things like the Aberdeen game where you yeah. think we should have lost. Kind of the style of play generally, people are going, oh, we need to be playing a bit more with, with a bit more freedom, a bit more expressive. However, generally we're actually optimistic as a fan base, which is always scary because we never really know how to deal with optimism. Hearts fans in harmony, eh? Who'd, who'd have thought it? Maybe it's I just, I don't know. The world's thrown up a lot of bizarre kind of circumstances within the past couple of years. Is everybody vaccined up to the point where we're all in agreement? Is this Could this be a thing? Is this some like mad theory that I'm just chucking out there? No, we're not lending into vax conspiracy theories about how they make you obedient we're not doing that especially after the last week we've had about what's happening with Scottish football we're not doing that I'm on a fantastic high after my second I'll tell you that for free (laughs) for sake right anyway speaking about fantastic highs Benny Benningamy no generally unbelievable (laughs) 10 million right here right now club record sale or beat it the transfer window in general we want to discuss it obviously we haven't mentioned a couple of players that have since been here and one player who actually featured in the Dundee United game but we wanted to wait until we speak about the transfer window in general because it has been a very very successful one from Hart's point of view so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each player that has arrived and left get a couple of sentences from you and how you think in terms of what you think the window has been like? I'm not saying on individual players because some players haven't really done much and stuff like that. So, the ends that we have had this window, which Adam, before recording, was quite surprised at the number that we have actually brought in. We have brought in, from the back, Ross Stewart. In defence, 
Alex Cochran and Taylor Moore. In midfield, Benny Beningamy, Cami Devlin and Josh Ginelli and then in kind of the forward positions, Ben Woodward. So it's seven players. It covers literally every area of the pitch, goalkeeper, defence, midfield and forwards. Obviously, there was no actual kind of stereotypical striker, which some people feel that we needed. However, in terms of those seven players on paper and from what you've seen of some of them, for example, Alex Cochrane who's played every game this season, Benny as well, how do you feel we've done from an intake point of view before we speak about the outgoings? Um, Ross Stewart's probably a cost-cutting measure. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Cochrane's been solid. Taylor Moore looks decent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny Beningame is the greatest football player in the world. <laughs> um, Cammy Devlin, we're obviously yet to see the, the best of. He's stunning. Or any of, I mean, he, he's very handsome. Adds to the the handsome collective that we have. Um, and if he's half as good as Benny, I'll be pleased. Um, Josh Janelli, we obviously knew of his exploits. Delighted to sign him up. Ben Woodburn, again, early days, seems promising. Um, have I missed anybody? No, that's it. That's us. So, on the whole, the best window. Whilst it isn't much of an achievement that we've had um, in, yeah, a good few years, I'd say. And look, I know that you're going to probably ask me, you know, are there any disappointments within the window? I think the only real ones that I have are cover for Michael Smith, sufficient cover for Michael Smith. Um, And I'm in that category that I would have liked to have seen Hearts go for another centre forward. I know that Ben Woodburn could play there, um, so... We've also played Gino and GMS through the middle as well. Yeah, so looking at that signing, that probably covers any particular worries that I've got in that I've alluded to the flexibility. You know, it covers every base in that sense. Um, So yeah, on the whole, looks as though it's a good window. And like I say, one of the best that we've had in a good few, albeit, you know, that's not hard. 100%. 100%. Um, obviously, Ross Stewart's Ross Stewart. I'm not really that arsed about a backup keeper. Uh, Alex Cochran, I think, has been like almost flawless since coming in. Like He's just never Probably really Probably our second best signing. Yeah, I, I would fully agree with that. He's just slotted in, done exactly what is asked of him. No questions asked. Taylor Moore, obviously, he's the happiest man I think we've ever signed ever. Have you seen him in interviews and just generally speaking? He's buzzing. What was I going to say? I was looking through one of his posts on Instagram and mm-hmm. like the comments and whatnot. How is he mates with Rio Ferdinand? That's what I want to know. He seems to have like contact. I didn't even know this. Did, did you not see that? I'm no? convinced I'd seen Rio comment on I one don't of his stalk posts. stalk our new players on Yeah, that does media. make me sound like a right creep, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. Just, just you know engrossed within you <laughs> that's a poor choice of words as well yes. I was going to go with infatuated but I don't even know if that's the right context let's move on this is this is too weird Taylor Moore looks buzzing so I'm chuffed with him um, of course Ben Woodburn big pedigree has looked alright from what we've seen and it's in a position that we needed Gino we all love Gino we all love Gino just talk about Benny 
Benny has been our player of the year, player of the decade, like the best player ever. He's going to it's be our just... club record sale. No, nobody are you can, going to say, nobody are you going to say this every otherwise. week? Yeah. Are you going to say this every week? No, I'm so not going to say it every it week. actually happens, it's going... Well, that's two weeks in the bounce now, the statement has been made. It will be. Uh, okay, well then, yes, I will. We club... now need to keep this up every <laughs> single week. Well, he's just been known as Club Record Sale from now on. Yes. You might not even, yes. you might not even need to drop the name. CRS. Look, I'm telling you, game. ten mil minimum. What a player! Um, it says so much that he had his worst game at the weekend. Just obviously, well, the Dundee United game, and he was still good. Like still it wasn't a bad game. I wouldn't say he was the best player in the park. No, he's that but... good. He's that good. He is. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I love him. I really do. I, I, I was like think- the wee voice break in there as well. He uh, just properly convey the emotion. I was thinking like, I was thinking who? I've already likened him to Kante. He's the Congolese Kante. There you go. He's, out with, he's out with the Portobello Pirlo, in with the Congolese Kante. And then finally, Cami Devlin, another one that seems really excited to be here. I will just like to add about Taylor Moore speaking about Nandwey. It's very clear that Nandwe is the reason Taylor Moore is here. <laughs> considering he just spoiled it on his Instagram. Considering Nandwe was rumoured to be in a huff and was adamant that he'd be leaving Hearts, to then sell Hearts to a fellow player, yeah, doesn't doesn't quite yeah, exactly. add up to me. Don't know about you. No, exactly. Exactly. And finally, Cammy Devlin, an Olympian we have. That's quite exciting. Um, and yeah, he's just stunning. We've added. To, we now have again a very attractive squad, which is a positive as well. We're attractive on the pitch, both from a football perspective and a physical perspective. It's great. <laughs> Can I just say my only worry with Cami Devlin is having not seen much of him, and he's off the back of a tournament. The last player that Hearts fans were so eager and waiting so long for an international to sign was Juwan Oshiniwa. And look how that's turned out. So we're just going to continue on this theme where we're slating stuff and then Hearts prove us wrong. I think he's going to be the next duo on Oshiniwa and it's a terrible capture. There you go. Okay, well, I think <laughs> he's a beautiful man that I would give my heart to. I love him. He's going to be the next Julian Brelli. That's my stance on Cammy Devlin. But yeah, listen... I get the point where people say we're well, maybe a striker short, especially if Boyce gets hurt. I get that. The free agent market is still a thing. That's not obviously limited to any transfer window. We could go in. There's a lot of players who are in that. Daniel Sturridge is one, so we can get him up. Is Randy he not Mal training Falcao. with Mallorca? Did I not see I Daniel Sturridge? I think he I, is. Yeah. I, I'm not being funny. Would I trade Mallorca for Gorgie? Probably not. Probably not. However, the big free agent that is in the striking position big in both name and stature is Andy Carroll so my campaign can keep going we can get Andy Carroll is he still unattached is he? yes he is oh my god we're never going to hear the end of this yep exactly it's going to keep happening so but the nine nine shirt's gone now with Ben Woodburn what does that mean? I know well he, he didn't start at Newcastle with number nine so he could come out. I know you were, oh. by the way, talking about general things. I'm bringing it, but stop trying to move away from Andy Carroll. I'm bringing it back to Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll can win another number. It's fine. <laughs> Would he go like a Balotelli type and have 45 on his back? Yes. Just because they both... Oh, like Mitrovic, Mitrovic had that. Yeah. yeah, Mitrovic had that. I fucking... Oh, fucking hate him. Prick. 
I'm just back. That that's not the Serbian aspect. It's that I had to watch him for four years be shit at Newcastle consistently and then banging but, goals at Fulham. But, but great <laughs> at Fulham and Serbia generally. However, yes, from an in perspective, it's been a very successful window. However, for me, and I've got the list here, the biggest positive of this transfer window is the outgoings without a shadow of a doubt. There's so many aspects that Robbie has said from the start. This squad was too big when he inherited it. It was ridiculously big, so he needed to get players off the wage bill and just kind of out of the team. So, this isn't in an order of position or anything. This is just the order that transfer market has them. So, if you complain about this order... Probably by it. departure order. Maybe. I don't think that's true. No. Anyway. No, it's not true. But we'll see. So, perhaps the biggest loss is Andy Irvin. Oh. Went to the third tier in the Bundesliga. Uh, Craig Whiten. I thought you were yeah. going to say Lloyd Demure was the biggest loss. Wait until <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just I'm impatient. <laughs> I just can't wait to speak about the dross that we've said goodbye to. Craig Whiten left to go to Dunfermline. Ollie Lee left to go to Gillingham. Eddie White left and is signed for Rochdale. Elliot Freer is now apparently at Bath at Bath City. According to transfer, ah, yeah. But one of my colleagues, Matt, told me about that, and he he said that they're like Conference South or whatever. Yes, what um, National League Grace. South. Jesus, yep. kind of shows the awful signing that he was in the first place. Um, Christoph Berra, of course, quite high profile, left us to go to Wraith Rovers. Like Demure, the biggest loss that we've had of the last decade, worse than Rudy leaving a decade ago and so Lafferty Doom everybody he's away on loan to Lima however apparently it's with an option to buy Harry Cochran left us and went to Queen of the South Lewis Moore left and is now at uh, Queen's Park Colin Doyle left permanently to Kilmarnock after his loan there Mihai Popescu has been loaned to Hamilton and with a year left in his deal probably isn't going to be playing in the heart shirt again Jordan Roberts likewise has left to go to Motherwell then, for some reason, it says Ben Woodburn and Taylor Moore, transfer market, what are you doing? Stephen Naismith, of course, retired. And then, finally, Bobby Racist Sympathisers Lamal left us <laughs> on a free transfer as well and is currently without club. So, in total, that is 18 players out the door. Of course, that doesn't include players like... Uh, currently, Connor Smith, Harry Stone, Scott McGill, who are just on loan at lower Scottish League clubs who will be of course coming back that's just development but that is players who have left the club permanently the three biggest being Christoph Berra and Stephen Naismith in terms of wages and Andy Irvin in terms of the kind of potentially had and what people thought but overall looking at that 7 in 18 gone not including released youth players as well which I think takes it up to 26 how have you felt the out leaving aspect has been even better than the incomings yeah. that's that's the best way that I can sum it up you know I'm delighted with the, the bodies that we've brought in thus far um, but you look at some of those names dear god this this is the big thing for me I don't want to be you know when football fans get nostalgic they want to remember the good times we don't want to remember the absolute pish that has been in our midst for years now um, and thankfully it appears as though we've got the vast majority if not all of it out which is great so 
let's just move on. This is effectively a new era with us being back in the top tier and, you know, no looking back. The the only way is up. 100%. Uh, obviously, the big ones like, for example, Stephen Naismith, I'm gutted to lose from a playing and kind of general perspective. However, the positives of that are that, well, one, he's still sticking around. He's our football development manager now and has been in and around the first team. Obviously, just now, he's away with Scotland. Um, <laughs> That's a bizarre Steve cameo Pankham. if ever I've seen one. Watching exactly. that um, that game away to Denmark and you see him all sort of all um, track suited up and with the SN and whatever. Yeah, and Exactly. Obviously, Austin McPhee. We haven't touched on Austin McPhee getting of that course. as well. Yeah, Jesus. absolutely. Bizarre. Um, the other positive of Naismith retiring is that his wages then were freed yes. up. Additionally... With Berra was in a very similar situation, but it's just almost every other name on that list. You're delighted has gone. We're annoyed that they came into the club in the first place, um, and it's just symptomatic of this kind of new, fresh approach that Savage, in particular, has been brought in. Listen, Joe Savage was appointed our director of football, and quite rightly, everybody went well. We've not had the best of luck with directors of footballs in the last five years in regards to Craig Levine being in that role and it didn't really work I think he is so far obviously it could all go wrong he's hopefully in it for the long haul so there's plenty of times for him to fuck it up and Hearts fans will be quick to let him know if he ever does who's the pessimist now? no I'm not saying he will do it I'm saying that as a human being nice save you you think that okay Listen, signings are going to be a lottery. Regardless of who it is, like you can bring in anybody and it's going to be a lottery. But so far, Joe Savage has done a fantastic job from both coming in and manoeuvring people out. Totally echo those sentiments. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very encouraging start. And it seems now as though he's kind of, I don't want to say taking authority, but he seems to certainly be the main man with regards to assembling this squad. Um and yeah, what what a job he's doing. You know, it's great with with the incomings, but I'm probably more impressed with the dross that he's got rid of. Yeah. Remarkably, um, so it's it's encouraging for sure. Um, and look, people are gonna have their opinions on Craig Levine. Um, I think with him doing those two roles, ultimately that's what proved detrimental in both. Yeah. Um, so it was pivotal that we got somebody in. I like that we've obviously gone external and he seems to be loving it at hearts. Seems to be getting the vast majority of the signings right at present. Um, so, yeah, long may that continue, mate. 100%. So, just before we move on to the next bit of news and then the Hibs game, we want to slightly touch on just kind of other transfer windows, but, like, but we're not going to run through every single other Premiership club's transfer window because, to be honest, I haven't paid that much attention. But... Is there anything that jumped out at you from the transfer window and that wasn't St Johnston's deadline day shenanigans? Um, well, let's see. Aberdeen have brought in a lot of bodies, but that was expected given mm-hmm. the transition they're in. Celtic making 12 signings as well is a high total for them, but of course I know that not all are expected to contribute to the first team. Um, I think... Dundee United have been surprisingly quiet, particularly yeah. with the losses of Lauren Shankland in particular. Obviously, they replaced Jamie Robson, who I thought was destined for bigger things than Lincoln City. I thought that was mm-hmm. 
pretty underwhelming move. Um, Dundee, they've just proved that they are scum of the earth with taking Lee yeah. Griffiths on. Um, Motherwell made about 800 signings, by the way. And again, they were another that were kind of in transition with losing Declan Gallagher, Alan Campbell, yeah. Devante Cole, number of first-teamers. Um, Rangers surprisingly quiet, but then they'll argue that they didn't necessarily have to be. You know, I saw their. Um, I saw an interesting stat that it was about um, the twelve Premiership clubs and how much of the players have remained at the club. Uh, so, for example, ours was seventy-two percent of our players stayed at the club. Twenty-eight percent left. Surprised it's as Rangers, high as that. I know exactly. Rangers ninety-eight point two percent stayed the exact same. No real surprise, is it? Pretty, pretty quiet. Um, I don't know. I'm amazed St Mirren managed to hold on to Jamie McGrath. He'll be away, hopefully soon. Far of course, he looked like them. he was going to be going to Hibs, but they couldn't get the paperwork done in time. And then Scott Allen and who was the other? Made, uh, Dre Wright, I think, were. Yeah, Dre make, Wright. Make what it's. Yeah. So that's a bit of a bizarre kind of circumstance you touched on it St Johnston got absolutely shafted right that's let's just, speak about this that's just, let's speak about this do you know what well this is the thing because I had a chat with a couple of my closest mates and we all know Jason Kerr through obviously being a local lad yeah of course um, so I, I'm not obviously going to give away what was said in its entirety yeah. but I, from the outside looking in anyway I had assumed that it was gross mismanagement from Saints the season that they've had, they win both cups, to then have their club captain only have a year after that, just seems abysmal to me. And Ali McCann criminally undersold as well. I don't think they really needed the money. One point two million left. Northern Ireland International at twenty one. Two years left. Still on his two contract. years left. In his di- yeah, that's the biggest like, aspect that makes no. That's sense an at absolute all. shocker. Um, yeah. And I saw people reply to my tweet. Quite rightly so, digging out the SPFL and SFA for not having a decent TV deal, feeling as though you know player sales are the majority, if not all, of a club's income, which I can understand. But to have received 1.8 million, a suspected 1.8 million for the pair of them, is very, very underwhelming considering the season that they've had. Like I say, especially because listen, this is going to. If other fans hear this, this is going to scream of heart's arrogance. And I know that we're a bigger club, so we have more money, so we are in a position to do this. But it came out on deadline day that we have turned down two offers from an English Championship club for John Souter that were apparently vastly under our value. Just Suter, hope that he signs that deal, though, because like that's you say, the thing. A year left. His deal expires in yeah. well, clubs can sign him in three months on yeah. a Bosman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, however, have shown initiative in going, no, we value a player at this height. And we're doing that with nine months left of his deal. I'll kind of two years left of it. So I know that people go, yeah, but you're hot. You're in a position where you can do that. St. Johnston obviously don't get the crowds and they don't kind of get the attention that they that we get. So they might have to be in a position. And well, they have recently. This is the thing. Yeah, they played fun Galatasaray in Europe. Like, I've never seen McDermott Park is sold out in my puff. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't, I don't know if you have, I haven't read the chairman's statement that came out today. No, I haven't. I didn't. I wasn't even aware that they'd released one. What What was he saying? So he's basically just kind of explaining the, he's, I will say, and all Saints fans have said this, they really appreciate how transparent he was. He was just like, listen, this was an opportunity that we couldn't turn down. Like, it's going to eventually potentially rise to beat in the, 
for Ali McCann, it's going to rise and potentially beat the record transfer by about 200k, so it'll maybe rise to about 1.9. And 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 I get it. You know, they're under pressure to sell because ultimately they don't want to lose Jason, who's a fantastic asset for nothing, of course. Yeah. But, you know, immediately after the cup final, could you not have offered a deal and said, look, we'll give you a year or two um, under the promise that we'll sell you within, I don't know, the, the summer window or a January. Whenever. Or just have a release clause in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get why clubs beat around the bush in that sense but then I don't know the ins and outs of the situation so yeah. that's just merely me looking in I'll say no further on the matter exactly and overall from the transfer window that we care about Heart and Midlothian, I saw that you gave us a B plus on I Twitter did. in terms of the window I think that's a wee bit harsh I would give us an A just a Not standard an A plus a. Just a standard A, because yeah. I think there is room to manoeuvre with... A, if we got a striker in, I think it would be the perfect window. I, I was contemplating kind of an, an A- minus or an, mm-hmm. an A. Yeah. I get it. The, the striker's the big one, and arguably, like I said earlier, sufficient cover for Smith. Had we got both of those... Taylor Moore can play there, in fairness. See, well, that's, that's something. Um... But look at look at his size and stature. Do I really want him to play it right wing back? Yeah, he probably isn't great for like a wing back role. If we play to a four, and yeah, he just play yeah, a right back role. Across yeah. a back four, I'd take that. Yeah, um, but obviously with a three four three, your point's still valid. But we don't have a like for like Smith, Smith replacement. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, on the whole, job well done. Of course, we've talked about the January trans, or, 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 the summer transfer window, and yet we've still got the opportunity to bring in a free agent or two. One of whom is former Rangers winger Barry Mackay. Most recently with Swansea City, had a few loan spells. I think at Fleetwood and elsewhere. Um, Daniel, what do you know about <laughs> about Barry Mackay? You're laughing because you know the answer to that question. I know absolutely nothing about Barry Mackay. When I saw that, like, came on Twitter and Barry Anderson's posting articles going, oh, Hearts might be interested in signing Barry Mackay. I was like, okay, I kind of know the name, but I don't know much about him at all. I don't think I have any memories of him. And then everybody's going, he scored a raker in the Scottish Cup semi-final against Celtic. He was very good for Rangers. And I was like, I had it in my head that he played at Motherwell. So clearly I'm thinking of something totally different. God knows. Um, I, yeah, I think I, I mentioned it sort of toward the start of the episode. I had mentioned about Barry Mackay once I'd seen that he became a free agent. Um, I think on his day, he seems a very talented footballer. Um, I, I also saw on Twitter that somebody had said that on Clyde One Super Scoreboard that Andy Halliday had sort of been in his ear to try and get him to come to Hearts. Um, obviously played together under Mark Warburton at Rangers and whatnot. Um and you know I've seen the stuff break as well about the supposed Leipzig bid you know back in the day of six million pounds and how his career has not really taken off since then but ultimately I feel as though he's got to have the hunger first of all to play for Hearts and I think that if he were to sign for Hearts I think I, I want to say that he's about 26, 27 now so he's 26 26 right so the prime's still to come He'll be well aware of the 
the platform that Hearts can provide, the opportunity that you'd have. Um, and I still think, even with Ben Woodburn, you know, four wingers we could potentially have, which, by the way, what a quartet of names. Barry, Gary, Ben and Josh all yeah. playing out in the flanks. Um, I, I, I'd like to see it, personally. I'd, I know that now we've adopted this approach where we're not going to, you know, chuck out these Raj deals where it's three, four years. So I think we'll be sensible about it. Um, and I think we've got to get to the bottom of why he would want to come. It's very well in us picking up a talented player like he is, but having spoke to a couple of Rangers mates of mine, they've said that it can potentially be lazy. There's perhaps an attitude problem. Um, so we'll wait and see. I, I, I've been championing the signing. I'd like to see it happen. But again, if it doesn't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. That's probably how I feel. I did have a look at his Wikipedia earlier, and I've got to say it, it is pretty amusing by what's been chucked on there. So... Barry Mackay is a Scottish professional footballer who plays as a striker or as a winger for Kilmarnock because I'd seen that he'd been linked with Kelly. He's much better than that. Um, and he's certainly much better than the last line, which was after his Swansea, paragua, uh, his Swansea paragraph, which says, On September the 1st, 2021, Barry signed for junior heavyweights Bonnie Rig Rose. So <laughs> I think he'll patch both Kilmarnock and Bonnie Rig Rose to sign for Hearts, but we'll wait and see. I know absolutely nothing about the guy, so I'm fully on board with it, or not on board at all, whichever view is applicable. <laughs> Wait till you see him play a handful of games and then you can pass judgment. Barry Mackay exactly. and Gary Mackay Stephen is just going to be hilarious amongst the heart stars. I can't wait for it. They're just going to hate every aspect of their life now coming to Town Castle. But they will now be coming to Town Castle as owners of their football club as this past Monday to us on the 30th of August it was heart and soul day where officially the transitions of shares between Anne Budge to the Foundation of Hearts took place and now Heart of Midlothian Football Club is the largest fan owned club in the United Kingdom we unveiled this with a video that listen to break all forms of kayfabe I, on the Saturday, just got... If you're watching this on the YouTube thing, you can see I got my elbow tattooed, which really hurts. Just to let you know, it really hurts. And the healing process really hurts as well. So Monday morning at half nine, I wake up having to take multiple ibuprofen, put loads of wrapping and stuff like that. So I'm quite vulnerable as it is. Tender. And then... Yes, I'm very tender. And then I see a six-minute video narrated by Craig Gordon with Ian Black carrying paint. I was a mess. I was, like, full-on sobbing. So was I. It's the, it's the bit of the tunnel. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. It's, oh, it's, it's just... It's on the heartstrings. It's, incre- it's the wee bit where Gordon's voice breaks. You can hear it with him because he's almost going as well. And Please don't. It's just an it's an incredible video. It was an incredible day. We've obviously said it loads of times. There was that day in twenty thirteen where we didn't know if we were gonna have a football club anymore. And to come within less than a decade of that moment and now to owning our club, 
partly. We're not running it. We now can't Thankfully. go in. Where's Where's Barry Mackay? I've got like I've turned up in my suit. I'm here now. I've got big changes to be making. I love Stuart Wallace's take on that as well. <laughs> he was basically yes. saying, "Thankfully, it's fan owned and not fan run." Yes, exactly. But what a moment for us, and we deserve it as a fan base. I saw uh, this week we've officially put in twelve point nine million pounds into the football club ourselves, and on that day an additional over 200 people joined up to the Foundation of Hearts who weren't already existing pledgers. So it was just an extra level of incredibleness. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, we both just love this football club more than anything. Um, and it is remarkable how far we've come in such a short space of time. Um with the aspirations to keep, you know, growing, developing. Um, I I firmly believe that this is a football club that's on the up, um, both on and off the park, um, and hopefully that relationship can continue to work in tandem for, for some time to come. That would that would basically be how I, how I would sum it up. I couldn't... I, I'm struggling for words as it is, Um just obviously so proud of all the pledgers that continue to back carts, you know, on a monthly basis. Um, we're both obviously included in that. Um, and yeah, just I really don't know what else there is to say. It's just, Monday was just one of those days where you're kind of inexplicably, inexplicably happy. And, you know, I, I, I'm literally... I'm literally losing my words right now. I don't. I, there's no way that I can sum it up. I can't do it any justice. But just to say thanks to all the other pledgers, and you know we're gonna we're gonna keep hearts growing. And the biggest positive of all, you and me now have our names in the tunnel. Madness in it. That is that is crazy. Actually, I don't think we'll look at the tunnel in the same way again. <laughs> now we're like right now it has a meaning. Now it's worth it. Forget all okay. the other previous years. Yeah. As we're booing opposition players, <laughs> you've just ran past my name, yeah. <laughs> it's right in front of the away dressing room as well. They walk out, and that's the first thing they see oh, when they come that's out. That's it. Room. It's going to strike fear into them. I think that's the. It's like, look at what we've got. We've got all the folk that gave us money. <laughs> These eight thousand are going to be on you in an instant. Exactly, and then yeah. inevitably booing their own team. <laughs> So it's fine. However, we hopefully will not be booing our own team the next oh, time we see them because really here we go. Not. It's happening. I really hope we're We've, not. The first Edinburgh Derby of the season and the first Edinburgh Derby in front of fans since the early months of 2020 at Easter Road when we won 3-1 under Daniel Stendhal. Of course, we yeah, have man. played them since then. It was incredible and then the next two weeks were shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we have obviously played them since the next then, 18 months have. were shit yeah but, exactly but bar the Halloween victory that you uh, you pointed out exactly we had a small matter of a Scottish Cup semi-final in front of no fans where we obviously played them but as I just said there was no fans there so this game would have been big anyway because it's a derby but then you add on to the fact that there's been no fans there so it's going to be extra special the fact that we've announced that Hibs will be having the whole Roseburn, as we previously said, so there's going to be plenty of Hibs fans. And 
the small matter again of the fact that we are both the only two sides unbeaten in the league and are currently top and whoever wins this game if there is a winner will go clear at the top of the league after five games in before we get into what we think should happen what will happen just how are you feeling <laughs> shitting myself <laughs> this is a game that I'm already stressed for um I think everybody everybody had that thought kind of at the back of their head, didn't they, after Dundee United, where we were looking at it thinking, Jesus Christ, like Hearts and Hibs are both tied top, and then there's a small matter of the derby after the international break. It's mad how most of the time supporting Hearts, you're pretty pleased that the international breaks come around. That is absolutely not the case this this time for me. It has literally come at the worst time imaginable, um, because that the thought of this fixture will be you know hanging over us for a wee while to come. Um, yeah, I'm stressed, nervous. I just I just hope we batter them in every sense, and that's. That's never the way that these games transpire. It's probably going to be tight. It's probably going to be tense. But as long as we get the better of them, I really could not care what happens. So, I uh, went undercover and did some intel work on the underground website known as Hibs.net. Wow. (laughs) So... I mean, cause James Bond, had... is that you? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I am the modern day John Wick. That's basically my point that I'm making here. Um, basically, my hip pal mate said, I thought you'd be interested in this and sent me a link and it's just the Derby thread uh, that they started. And it's quite interesting because there was their usual heed the balls who were like, we're going to win 9-0 and all our team would walk into their starting 11 and stuff like that. As long that. as there's some that are confident, that'll do me. Yeah, that you get on Jambo Kickback as well. There will be idiots who are like, you wouldn't take any of them, this is not going to be a problem. If we don't win by five goals, Robbie needs to go. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But the general consensus on that thread was it will be a tough game for both sides. Both sides have very good players, both sides have vulnerabilities and it's a derby so even at the best of times everything goes out the window. The main concern that I saw a lot of Hibs fans having was that this is their words for the first time in years we actually have a good midfield and what I think they mean by that is Benny. I think they are worried. Oh we have, sorry I thought you were meaning they. Oh right okay right sorry yeah, Just the, the they way, were saying the way the way you said that it sounded as though Hibs fans were optimistic about their midfield. No, no, <laughs> right. So you dropped Benny. Op- I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> it is actually an agent for them. Oh my um, god, that'd be the fear. Basically, they seemed to be really happy with their forward options, even with Doidge out. They are like yeah, Boyle the year, and Nisbet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Doyle, uh, Doyle and Nisbet, and then Murphy as well. They seem pretty comfortable with them and pretty confident. What they worry about is... I never know how to say his name. Is it Go- Gogic or Gogic? I thought it was Gogic, big Alex See, Gogic. I think it's Gogic as well. Yeah, right, that's fine. Cool. Thank God. <laughs> Listen, I've heard they've, Gogic. Got, they've got every right to be worried about him, can I just say. So, that seems to be it. A lot of... And my Hibs fan mate here, I was like, how are you feeling? He said, if it comes down to a battle between Gogic and Benny, we'll win. 
that's their that's his view and that's what other people's views. However, as in we, he also hearts, said, hearts yeah. So we all went, yeah. So we all went, okay. However, just, just checking, yeah. <laughs> however, if it comes down to a situation where we play quite a high line, he's pretty confident that Nisbet and Boyle will just run through that. I get that. I get that. I think that's a sensible approach, but I don't think that's how we'll set up at all. Yes, I, I can't. I, I can't see us operating a, a high line. And I get what he says. I mean, Martin Boyle's pace in particular is a is a big worry. Um, and Kevin Nisbet, like I say, having bagged against Levy, really could have done without that. Um, yeah, I, I, I still think we've been decent enough defensively so far. Mm-hmm. over the course of the season I know that we've lost a, a couple cheap goals but what side doesn't um, yeah. so interested to hear his thoughts with regards to the midfield I, I'd love to see Liam Boyce up against Paul Hanlon and potentially Porteous as well Yeah, I think they are very weak at the back I think they, so they, they look, yes 100% they look good going forward. Listen, it's silly to pretend that Nisbet and Boyle especially are not good players who can hurt us like that. Definitely I, are. I can't I can't stand the kinda every derby has it. The people who are just like, no, all their players are rubbish, all our players are amazing, blah blah blah. Like the you're not gonna win if you think that because you're gonna be too naive and Robbie obviously doesn't think that. Robbie understands their strengths. But I what would your team be? Because I have a very clear team that I want to have in my head, but I want to hear yours first. It's like we said, it's kind of... It, it picks itself in a way. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to drop Ben Woodburn in mine. Is that what you're alluding to here? He is one of the... I would also put Ben Woodburn in as well. Oh, you'd put him in? Yep. Oh, I'd... See, I'm thinking of dropping just because I know that Josh Janelli's had a taste of the fixture before. I so would I, keep Gino in. Right, so here's what I was going to go with. I was going to go with Gordon and goal. Mm-hmm. Is Stephen Kingsley going to be back? Probably. You can base your team off the fact that he is back. I think he will be, but just go off the idea that he is back. Because I'd have concerns with regards to Andy Halliday up against Martin Boyle in comparison to Alex Cochran up against Martin Boyle. So I'd be inclined to go Suter, Halkett, Kingsley, back three. I know that's a bit dodgy given Kingsley's yet to come back. Cochran and Smith wing-backs. Benny, obviously club record sale, best footballer in the world. Um, And Big Pete. And then GMS Gino Boyce would probably be mine that is almost identical to mine barring one player and one position change so I would have Woodburn in for GMS however I'm really not bothered if GMS does start because as you said he has a very good goal scoring record against Hibs and then generally he's not been amazing despite being a boyhood Hibs fan they're wrapped yes exactly (laughs) Um, but so I'm not I think Gino, GMS or Woodburn, I'm fine with any of them starting and then one of them drop at the bench. However, I would also drop Halliday out. Um and I would play Kingsley and Cochrane, however, 
Because of how well Kingsley handled Boyle in the um, semi-final, I would play Cochrane at left centre half and All Kingsley right. at wing back. Because also, I think Kingsley is better going forward than Cochrane is as well. Fair play. Yeah, can't can't disagree with that selection. I think it's going to be <laughs> obviously the atmosphere is going to be amazing, and it's being it's built up. Electric. <laughs> Huge, but I'm going to give my score prediction first. I'm going to go with nil nil. I think it's not going to live up to the hype at all, and it's going to be. Wouldn't be shit. like an Edinburgh derby, would it? Exactly. What are you going to go with? Two one to the boys. Keep the faith. Who are your goal scorers? Liam Boyce. Gary McKay Stephen. Who do you see scoring for Hibs? Mm, Boyle interesting very interesting obviously I don't care what the score is as long as we fucking win I don't care if it's the most undeserved 1-0 win ever can I just say I'm I'm keeping it tame you know I'm hoping that we absolutely smash them we get fucking wired in for the start come on (laughs) well I think that is the best way that we could possibly end it because that has been a bumper episode, obviously. It's been an hour and a half. We wanted to give you a longer episode because we did miss last week and we had the whole transfer window to go through and round up. But massive thank you to everybody who has listened. We apologise if any news comes out between now and Tuesday and you're like, why aren't you speaking about the fact that Craig Gordon scored a bicycle kick for Scotland or Michael Smith broke his hand for and Northern Ireland? And Barry has signed a six-year deal. Yes, exactly. So we do apologise about that. We will speak about that next time. However, we are at Perth Paisley on all social media. You can see it below me here. And for the audio listeners, that's the handle. You can also get us on YouTube if you want to see us talking about this. It's still quite hot in this room because of ring lights and stuff like that that you can't see. And Adam looks like he's got a halo on half his face. Yeah, I was worried about that. It's glorious No, it's great. It's great. You look like you're just like in a heavenly glow. Sun kissed ahead of, you know, a mad fixture. Exactly. So please subscribe to us on YouTube and leave us a like. It massively helps the algorithms as it does leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Massively helps. If you want to get in contact with us outside of social media, we're pettypaisley at gmail.com as well. Adam, where can they get you on social media? They can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I am at dmcaver 22 We will be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the Edinburgh Derby and anything else that comes up with it. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, the house! Well, that's the best ending we've ever had.